0: Paging Dr. Randy. Paging Dr. Randy.
1: I just got on call and they're paging me already. They want me to do work as soon as I get to work. Come on, let's go. Yes, you. Come on. Well, I'm Dr. Randy. Nice to meet you. I'm a licensed family medicine physician. Since you're on call with me today, I want to make sure you learn as much as possible. Me and a few of my special friends are here to give you all the tips and info you need to live a balanced, healthy life. Are you ready to be on call with me? I hope so. so let's get it going. Our shift starts right now. Welcome back, healthy people, to On Call with Dr. Randy. I am Dr. Randy. You should know that by now. I'm just joking, but welcome back. So good to have you back for another episode. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode on vitamins and reflected on a few items I discussed. Did you think about what you were taking your vitamins for? Has it actually been working for you? Did you reflect on your diet? and ways you can incorporate healthy vitamins into it? Well, this episode is going to be focused on diet, more specifically a plant-based diet. A lot of the vitamins that people take can actually be found in plants and can better be absorbed by eating plants and not taking pills. This week's guest on On Call is Dr. Jennifer Rook. Dr. Rook is a physician in the Department of Community Health and Preventative Medicine at Morehouse School of Medicine. She is board certified in preventive medicine, occupational and environmental medicine, lifestyle medicine, and plant-based nutrition. She founded and works in the Optimal Health and Wellness Clinic at Morehouse Healthcare. In this episode we discuss the benefits of eating a plant-based diet, how it has been shown to not only improve some conditions such as diabetes and hypertension, but in fact some research shows reverse some disorders like heart disease yes in some research it has been shown that eating a plant-based diet can reverse heart disease i personally had a patient that was on insulin who switched his diet to a plant-based diet and within a year he was off of insulin he did this all on his own he wanted to change his diet really drastically he said and so he started eating a plant-based diet and it brought his A1C down to about five. And if you know about diabetes, that is a very low number. That's that's a normal. That's normal. So he was able to do that. And now he kind of fluctuates between five and 6.5 with his A1C doing a plant-based diet. And that is off of insulin. So let's get into the weeds of the conversation with Dr. Rook. Get it? get into the weeds because we're talking about a plant-based diet episode. I see you chuckling over there. I see you chuckling, But let's go on call with Dr. Rook and discuss a plant-based diet. So welcome back healthy people to another episode of On Call with Dr. Randy. I have Dr. Rooks here with me today to discuss healthy eating habits In specific, we're going to be talking about healthy eating in relationship to high blood pressure and diabetes. How are you doing today, Dr. Rook?
0: I'm doing fine. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really pleased to be here. I am so excited that so many people are doing podcasts and um, and educating our community. So I'm really pleased to be here and to be part of this
1: thank you thank you thank you for joining me you've done a lot of research in plant-based medicine health along with lifestyle behavior modification what made you kind of get into that field
0: well I think I I got started because of personal health problems you know I initially I was overweight and I had acne and I had a lot of problems when I was younger and I read a lot about it before I went to medical school actually I became very interested in um, in changing my eating habits, and I realized that um, I had a really terrible allergies. And once I eliminated the dairy from my diet, I noticed that the allergies cleared right up. And now I, I I'm in Atlanta. I was I lived in New York, and this was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm pretty old, but um, so in the- <laughs> we, had, um, we only had as we only had benadryl and it made me drowsy so i had to figure out something else so i i decided to you know there must be other people didn't have it so there must be something i was doing and but then i noticed that other people some people did have it and i looked at what they were eating a lot of they were eating a lot of dairy and so let me let me just change and see how i see if there's something else i can do and so I get eliminated dairy and now I no longer eat, well, you know, I, now I have a whole food plant-based diet primarily. And in Atlanta, I can see my windscreen my windscreen yellow with pollen and I can inhale and I'm not sneezing and snorting, and you know, just having all the allergy problems I used to have. So it really does make a big difference, changing your eating habits and the the, um, the health problems that you have. I can, I can testify personally. And then, um, and then of course now with my patients, I advise them to add, to adopt a whole food plant-based diet. And of course not everybody does it and people don't do it perfectly, but those who make the attempt, the attempt to do it actually do very, very well. And I think that my patients who make that effort to change their eating habits, they see g- good results, and then they're more likely to continue. To 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 if you eliminate dairy and you see, well, if I eliminate dairy and I'm, I'm so, so much better, maybe I should also give up the chicken and maybe the fish. You <laughs> know, and then it moves and it, it and it it uh, it snowballs, and people do very very well. I have like I have amazing stories of people who have reversed their their diabetes, reversed. Um, in, uh, hypertension reversed. Um, I have, uh, before and after people who've had cardio, cardio, um, uh, electrocardiograms It's much better. Um, just, just really healthier people and before and after, um, cath, cardiac caps, and you see the, the arteries clear. So decreasing calcium score is just really, um, healthier, just much, much healthier. And again, it's the, the, the fo- Our focus is, is not just weight loss, although that's a bonus. The focus is on getting healthier.
1: So, can you talk about? It's a simple question, but defining what a plant-based diet is.
0: A plant-based diet. Oh, good. So, um, a lot of so basically, it means that plants-based is foundation, and um, so it means that whole on processed plants, whole whole food plant-based diet, that whole unprocessed diets are the foundation of a healthy diet. That's really all it means. And to, to many people, um, they hear that and they go, oh vegan. No, we're not really promoting veganism. Because veganism, we're not anti-vegan by the way, but we're not promoting veganism necessarily. Veganism is the belief that humans should not harm animals for any reason, right? And most people are not even though you are not vegans so just because you don't eat meat for two days or a week or that does not make you a vegan right veganism is a belief system so you have a lot of people who are vegan this week or not, not this again so they don't really understand what veganism is so we don't actually use that term in our clinic although um, the, you know though you could classify the diet because you know, in, in the in general, you go to a restaurant and they go like, what do you want? And you say, well, all right, just give me the vegan option. Right. So it's, it's easier just to, because people understand that, but from, from a scientific perspective, that's not the word, that's not the term that we use in the clinic because we focus on the science of it. And it's also plant-based is actually more quantifiable. If you say you're eating a vegan diet, you go like, so, so, so what does that mean? Sometimes it means a lot of oil and salt and fried foods and a lot of, there's a lot of oreos are vegan right? so and so there are people who are like a, a can of oreos and i'm a vegan diet i'm on a vegan diet so sugar and all those things so we're really wanting you to be on a whole food plant-based diet where you're eating whole unprocessed foods and mostly plants that's the that's the um that that's what we what's what we, we promote and um and again, it's quantif it's, it's, it's a better term because it's quantifiable. Because if you say, um, if you say I'm eating, well, you know, you have like three meals a day. And if you say out of those three meals, I'm eating mostly plants, uh, most plant-based foods um, to, you know, out of two, you can say, well, you, two thirds of your diet, you know, you can quantify it of the, of your diet, of the, the different meals. So you can say what percentage of it, like 90%, 80%, so it's a little bit more scientific in that respect because you know what people are talking about and then you can judge and you could figure out, well, what impact is that having on you know, on health? So I prefer that term to terms like vegan and vegetarian because vegetarian is, uh, again again, people don't really know what it means. Vegetarian actually means that animals should not be killed for food but they can be used for dairy and eggs and coats and you know, and shoes and whatever, but you should not kill them for food, right? So that's what vegetarian means. But there is a term that most people Uh are not aware of and it's carnism. So carnism, we all know about vegan and vegetarian, but very few people have heard of the term carnism. Carnism is the belief that it is normal and natural and necessary to eat animals, uh, to eat some animals, but not others. So you will eat pigs and chickens, but you don't eat cats and dogs, although some other people do. And when other cultures do, you go, oh my God, that's so disgusting. But is it really more disgusting to eat you know, a pig which has the intelligence of a three-year-old child as opposed to eating a dog? Pigs are smarter than dogs. So we have all sorts of um, belief systems around our food. And so I try not to get into those things so much and to focus on the science of what it is we're doing, because that to me makes the most sense because you're not, if somebody doesn't believe that, you know, that they should not eat because most people are carnivores, you believe that you should be eating. We're not carnivores. You hear people say, Oh, I'm a carnivore. No, you're not. If you cannot jump on a, on a cow and you know, with your club, with your teeth and your. Nails. If you can't bring it down, uh, you're not a carnivore, right? You are not. You may, you may think you are, but you don't have the physiology or the the anatomy to be a carnivore. But you have the belief system that you should be doing these things. So you are a carnist. That's what most people are. And so most people are are not. It, it doesn't kind of make sense that you shouldn't be eating, you know, you know, animals because you know because we have this belief that it's it's healthy and it's it's, it's good for you. So that's why I try not to get into belief systems like vegan and uh, vegetarian. We use more of that whole food plant based diet term because it's, it says exactly what we want you to eat whole on process plant foods should be the foundation of your diet.
1: So you kind of mentioned earlier talking about some conditions that were. That are able to be essentially reversed based upon eating the plant-based diet. How does that happen?
0: How does it happen? Well, um, with for some people with difficulty, with others with ease, but it depends really changing how you eat. And um, so going going with the science, we I think you had asked me earlier about high blood pressure, right? So anything that that uh, and you know, there's anything that causes your arteries to narrow will, um, will cause high blood pressure, right? So whether it's stress, whether it's uh, clogging of the arteries. So there is a disease that underlies heart attacks and strokes and, um, Alzheimer's disease It's atherosclerosis and the common word for the common name for it is, is clogged arteries. So if you, so we actually can unclog our arteries, by changing your eating habits. If you think of, of, a, of an artery, think of high blood pressure, for instance, and you're, think of your artery as a hose and you turn on the tap and squeeze it, what happens? The pressure goes up, right? And so by unclogging your arteries, you unsqueeze it and the pressure goes down. So we have seen lots of patients who were able to come off blood pressure medications because they unclog their arteries, right? and so unclogging your arteries with your diet will reverse heart disease uh when you start eating a healthier diet you get the beta cells of the fun- of the diabetes of the, of the pancreas to function better and your 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 beta cells produce more insulin and you then uh, can reverse diabetes so and heart disease is the same thing if you're clogging your arteries it's like it's cardiovascular disease you're doing that then you're um you're reversing you can reverse heart disease and diabetes and most of the chronic illnesses that we have are related to what we're putting into our mouths and also stress right so with hypertension there's a big stress component Mm -hmm. i have patients who are on plant-based diets but they're so stressed out about their blood pressure you know the the stress about their blood pressure raises their blood pressure so, so trying to, get them to trying to get them to do more um meditation and uh and just um mindfulness and and understanding uh just basically awareness uh, about about stress and managing it better well and sleeping getting you know better sleep just getting a healthier lifestyle and physical activity, these things will improve and reverse the high high blood pressure. So it's diet, but it's also other lifestyle factors. Mm
1: -hmm. Now, as we both know, medicine isn't cookie-cutter, but in your practice, how have you seen how long it takes to reverse some of these conditions, such as high blood pressure, coronary artery disease? diabetes? Does it take a couple of months, a couple of years of being on the plant-based diet to see those changes that you mentioned?
0: That's a great question. So, um, So we thought initially, because until I would say 1990 or so, doctors didn't actually think we could reverse heart disease. We didn't think we could reverse atherosclerosis. The advice was really to tell people to well when you have that just kind of prepare to die you know just go home take your medications don't do very much because you can have a heart attack or a stroke and then we had some interesting studies with uh, dean ornish called assistant and other doctors who showed that you could reverse the you can reverse the clogging of your arteries but in the initial studies were done um over the course of a year we thought it took uh with with coltel some of the i think the the famous uh, um, image that he has of reversed reversing cardiovascular disease. We actually see a clogged artery and an unclogged artery that was I think 32 months. So we thought, well, it must be years, as you said, but, um, there's a cardiologist in, uh, in Houston, Dr. Uh, Baxter Montgomery, he has a wonderful image of, uh, of unclogged arteries in five months. Right. So, and there are other doctors now that have done it in six weeks. So you can begin to see healing because what happens is that on your arteries, you have abscesses. So when we say plaque, plaque, we, when I was, before I went to medical school, before I understood all of these things, I thought plaque was just like patches of fat, you know, plaque on your arteries, but actually what it is, they're abscesses, right? They're, they're fat, they're fatty abscesses on the arteries. And they will begin to just like you have an acne pimple, you have acne on your skin and you, and you start changing your eating habits and you see, and it'll, you know, within weeks it will it'll improve. And it's just a healing of the, the abscesses on your arteries. So that could take, you know, that can take three weeks. It can take, because you start to see now, your arteries may never go back to normal, depending on how long you've had atherosclerosis, I may mean, never go back to, normal because you can have scarring. It may, it may, depending if, if it's not, if it's relatively, um, you know, mild plaque and it's not been there for very long, it could heal completely. And you can have more, you know, go back to the same elasticity you had in your arteries, but if it's been there a long time and there's a lot of scar tissue, the arteries will heal, but never without this, well, with scar tissue so it's so it's in everybody's best interest if you're interested in unplugging your arteries and reversing disease to start as soon as possible because you want your arteries to go back to normal and the longer you have atherosclerosis the less likely you are to heal completely without scars
1: so those arteries aren't going to snap back to like when you were a teenager they may go back to maybe like 10 or 15 years but they won't go that far back
0: well, it depends. It depends on how much, you know, how much plaque you have. It depends on, you know, just, just, you know, if you, if you, if you've been eating a horrible diet since from the time you were 10, because they are so they can see plaque in the arteries of uh, actually even younger kids, but from age 10, you begin to see plaque in the arteries. You just begin to see um, atherosclerosis. So if you, if you're like, if you're like in your fifties or sixties, it may not snap back, but if you're in your thirties, forties, you may have a chance of getting it back to, to, snapping back to normal, You know, to more, to more elastic because you want your arteries to be elastic, to be able to open, you know, to be, to expand and contract when with blood flow. So, um, you know, it depends, it depends on how severe you had atherosclerosis, whether or not they go back to completely normal. Right. And when I say normal, I'm thinking, Usually, because we're beginning to see see, uh, atherosclerosis in kids age 10, right? So we're thinking that it's uh, even 10-year-olds, you know, have atherosclerosis. So we really have to, um, you know, give our kids better advice and actually our population better advice.
1: When people come to see you, since we're kind of talking about diet stuff, what kind of unhealthy eating habits do they already have when they come to see you? Eating a lot of fast food, salty foods, carbs, what do you see as the typical problems when people come to you?
0: Well, it's actually, um, we have this notion that atherosclerosis and these things are caused by fast food, and fast foods are not good, but... Atherosclerosis was seen in the arteries of, of mummies and of people, of hunter-gatherers. You know, we have this notion that the paleo diet, if you're eating like your ancestors and all that stuff, you are helping. So hunter-gatherers in the Aleutian Islands, they did a, a, a study of uh, for, for, of um, 4,000 year old mummies and they did um, CT scans to look at their arteries and it is a, a very ancient disease and it comes from eating animal products. It comes from the cholesterol that which changes its structure in animal products. So hunter-gatherers, we don't know what they were gathering, but we know they were eating a lot of meat if they were, if they were hunting, right? So um, the cholesterol, and it's not the cholesterol, it's, the, it's the, when you cook cholesterol or you're exposed to air and oxygen, It changes its structure and it attacks the lining of your arteries. And it's not that and the anything that attacks your body, your body mounts an immune response to it. So the immune response is what causes the plaque and the abscesses on your arteries. So the question you asked, what are people eating? People could be eating what they consider to be a healthy diet with fish and chicken, you know, take baking chicken and taking the skin off. They could be eating a fast food diet too, which is not good, but they could be eating what they consider to be healthy diets with, uh, you know, eating, um, baking chicken instead of frying and, um, and taking the skin off and, uh, and fish and the foods that they consider to be healthy foods. But if it contains cholesterol and it's cooked, because cholesterol is in the cell, is in the cell membrane of every cell. So just taking the fat off, or mm-hmm. again, the, the things they tell us, you know, just baking and don't fry. Frying is not good. Frying increases the cholesterol oxidation products. But just any type of cooked cooked animal product will expose your arteries to cholesterol oxidation products. There are several different terms for it. Um oxysterols is one, but I think it sort of hides the fact that you're talking about cholesterol oxides. Cholesterol becomes oxidized, it means it changes its structure. And when it does that, it becomes toxic. And that damages the order, the lining of your arteries. So basically, my um my patients, people who are interested in lifestyle and making lifestyle changes tend to be healthier and tend to be eating healthier diets before they come to see me, right? So many of you, many of them come because they're really in, in a bad way, but, um, several people have come because they're doing everything that they've been told to do. They're eating fish and chicken. They're, um, they're again, they're taking the skin off. They're limiting salt. They're doing all of the things that they've been asked to do and they still have hyperpressure and they still have clogged arteries, right? So it's that final step that makes it. So the people who come to see me are primarily eating meat-based diets, more or less, and cakes and cookies and, and of course the eggs in, um, the eggs in, when you make a cake, you take the eggs, eggs are really high in cholesterol. And when you bake it with sugar, you oxidize the, the cholesterol in the eggs and that becomes toxic and that attacks your arteries. So it's, um, and of course the, the standard American diet in, in, in people are eating bacon, eggs and sausage and things like that. So sometimes people are eating healthy and they think, well, I'm only having a, a boiled egg for breakfast and I'm, you know, I'm eating, I'm eating salads, but the salad dressing, you usually have cheese and butter. And so it, it's a range, it's not just fast food. This is something that I have to get across to a lot of people it's not just the fast food the fast food eaters know they're eating fast food and they should be doing that but it's the people who think they're eating a healthy diet (laughs) they're the ones who we have to work on
1: okay so let's let's talk about some of these quote-unquote healthy diets or some diets that you may kind of frown upon i got a list of a couple and i wanted to get your opinion on some of them so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with the DASH diet. And for my listeners, the DASH diet is the dietary approach to stop hypertension. Some of the information on it, about 50% of that meal is carbohydrates, 16 to 18% is proteins, and 30% is total fats. And this diet is usually rich in fruits and vegetables, whole grains, and low-fat dairy products. So, Dr. Rook, what's your opinion on the DASH diet that we, as family medicine physicians, kind of suggest patients um, try to help lower their blood pressure?
0: So, the DASH diet, the original diet that the DASH diet is based on was a plant-based diet, right? The first diet, the, the original study, was actually a diet with no animal products. And it was such a successful diet that they thought we should be using diet to advise patients to change their eating habits. But of course, this is America. And the doctors, the researchers said, you know, people aren't gonna do this. So let's just give them a little bit of fish, a little bit of chicken. And so that's how it got to be the DASH, the dash diet. But the original research on, the, on lowering high blood pressure the diet to lower high blood pressure was a a whole food plant-based diet and they modified it to the DASH diet. So the DASH diet is better than the standard American diet where you're um where you're, you're living at McDonald's and you know it's 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 better than that but it's not as 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 it's not as good in terms of lowering your blood pressure and it's not as you don't see such, uh, well, you, you will, you will see improvement. All right. Because if you're, if you, if you're bacon, eggs and sausage for breakfast and, and fried chicken for lunch and steak and chips for dinner, if you that's that serious, that's what you're eating and you start eating more fruits and vegetables and, uh, and healthier foods, you are going to see an improvement, but you just, but you will see a complete reversal of hybrid pressure and clogging of the arteries, if you eliminated the animal products in the diet. So the DASH diet is like a first step for people who are, and I understand that most doctors are, like we talk about carnists, you believe that people have to eat meat, right? That's what the researchers felt that it was to like the, the, the Americans, if you have the, the paper from the DASH diet, they'll say, well, most Americans aren't gonna do this. <laughs> so basically, uh, so, that's why you have that dash diet, which is sort of like a modified uh, plant-based diet. But if you really want to make uh, make a, a, a significant difference, you will, you know, meet, eat more of a whole food plant-based diet. Again, but for a diet, the dash diet is a great first step. But you need to keep on moving to, along that journey to eliminating, eating more fruits and vegetables altogether eating more whole grains and to eliminating because eating, adding fruits and vegetables is great because you're adding antioxidants, but you're still damaging your arteries. Every time you have that piece of chicken, every time you have that, that fish, because again, every single cell has cholesterol that becomes oxidized, oxidized cholesterol, it, you know, damages the, the cells that line your arteries. And every time you eat that you're, you're creating, you're creating chronic inflammation in your body. So, you know, so, so you know that you want to eliminate that by advising people to eat a more whole food, plant-based diet. And again, it's not, well, actually I was very surprised because, um, we had a health, uh, they say, don't say health fairs anymore. So a health fair was a health promotion and d- disease prevention event. And, um, and we gave uh, patients, um, we gave some patients, we did some color green wraps. And one of the people, one of the community members who came to the to the event started telling us about her church. She says in her church, um, her church has did a did a plant-based, a whole food plant-based diet, a challenge for Lent. And pretty much everyone in the church tried to do it because some did it better than others. And she says they were amazed that for 40 days, they were going to do this, um, this challenge. And there's also some churches who do the Daniel fast and they, while they're doing it, they've noticed that they were able to reverse their hypertension, promote medications. And so of course the, 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 problem with that is that they do it for 40 days or they do it for 21 days, or they do it for a period. And then they go back to eating the, the foods that are unhealthy. So, so people can do it. So but and it's, it's, it's wonderful that, um, that churches are, are, we as doctors should be the one kind of taking up that mantle, right? If we can. But, um, so taking up that mantle and saying, this is how you want to do it. But at least we, we're, we're, we're now knowing that they're doing it. So you want to be supportive of them doing that. But a lot of our community are aware of plant-based diets and a surprising number of them are doing it. When I first started doing this many years ago, I would say to somebody, I would say to a patient, you know, I should do more of a plant-based diet. And go, what? what? Are you crazy? You know, like how could I not eat meat? But now when I say that, there's, 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 I'm amazed that how of how many people would say, well, you know, my daughter's doing that. Do you think it's healthy? Should I do it too? Or my, oh, my sister or my cousin? Or they now know somebody in there, in there first you know what is it 1 degree of separation they now know people who are actually doing this and so it's becoming a much more well people are becoming more aware of it and other people are and they're aware of other people who are actually doing this so the world is changing and i'm so excited that churches are doing this right because um you know if you can get if, a, if you can do this with a group of people you're more likely to be successful and the, my only, my only, like a, the negative part is that they're only doing it for a short period. I want them to do it for the rest of the year, the rest of the year. But, um, yeah, but people are, so, so as doctors, I know, you know, we talk a lot about, um, we gotta meet our patients where they are, cause a lot of them are, a lot of them are out there. They're doing plant-based diets. And to, if we're going to meet them where they are, we're going to have some catching up to do, because they are already on plant-based diet. So they already know about it. And they're sometimes all they're really wanting is a little bit of, you know, guidance from the doctor to say, yeah, do this. Right. And, um, um, it's, it's a healthy thing to do. And, and they're more likely to then proceed with it if you're, if their doctors are supportive and, um, and well, and not saying, no, no, you need to eat fish or you need to eat chicken or you need to, Hopefully no, nobody's doing that because if a doctor, if a patient comes to you and is saying, you know, I'm doing this to be healthy and you say, no, 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 don't do that. You know, that's not good. So what you want to be doing, I kind have of meeting them where they are and saying, yes, but this is the healthiest way to do it. Make sure you're getting lots of fresh vegetables, make sure you're doing it in a whole, in a whole food plant-based diet way and not eating, you know, a lot of fried up stuff and Oreos and things like that.
1: So before I bring up the next uh, diet, I wanted to get your opinion on. Do you think we as Americans are hooked on meat? Like, is it a drug for us? Do we kind of get a little high with a, um, a meaty, rich diet?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, every every ad you see on TV, for whether it's Harvey's and where we've got the meats and it's about fried chicken and they have you cook the close up it and you see all the juice running out of it and so yeah it's uh it's 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 advertised to us right and uh and it's advertised with catchy jingles and it's uh and the images you're gonna make your mouth water so yeah americans are hooked on this but a surprising number of americans are wising up there is, a, um, there's a interesting video I saw recently about um, diet as genocide, and the, um, I think that was, you know, there are there actually there's several, there's several of them now where people are beginning to, uh, to become aware of the impact of food on the African American community, and the fact that yeah, we have the highest rates of diabetes and heart disease and those things, and it's related to what we're eating and we're eating these things because they're being pushed on us right they're being advertised if you go we live in quote unquote, not really food deserts we live in food swamps because that's where all the fast food is that's where all the fried chicken and all those things are and people are beginning to realize that hmm, maybe now i am not a conspiracy theorist and i you know and actually the word conspiracy theorist is uh I'm learning that that is probably not a bad thing to be, <laughs> but, but um, so, but um, so a, a a lot of what a lot of what you see in our neighborhood may not be there by accident. So people are beginning to 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 become just more aware of this and saying, well, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to go. I'm going to eat the healthy stuff. I'm going to make those healthier choices because I'm, you may not value my life, but I value my life and I'm not going to eat that anymore. So you have a, a, an awakening, especially, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm excited that it's coming out of churches, right? And uh, the, this food is genocide was, I believe, a sermon that um, one that a, that a pastor gave, and he was talking about how we're being killed by our food and the, our disease and all of those things directly related to the food we're eating. And it's what we're putting into our mouths. So we have to become aware of this. And we're the only ones you control what goes into your body. You control what goes into your mind. Yes, you cannot control the images on TV. You cannot control you know, what's in your neighborhood, but you can control what you choose to put into your mouth. And that's increasingly what people are becoming aware of. And they're making those changes. There's an interesting um, video I saw recently called "The Invisible Vegan. Again, we're not promoting veganism, but it's called The Invisible Vegan. And it's about the number of African-Americans who are beginning to realize that and who are changing their eating habits and realizing that they're a whole lot healthier and wondering, like, why were, why are they having, why are they the, the target of these ads? Why, if you look in some of these unhealthy food ads, you see African-Americans, right? all the Kentucky, I add all those things there. So you, you tend to see African Americans. So why, you know, you begin to become just just aware of these things. And I, once we become aware, because again, the first step towards any kind of change is awareness. And so when you become aware, then you begin to start becoming aware of what's your, your surroundings. You begin to, your, your your responses to it and how you do things and then you start to make changes it may be slow, but you start to do it. And it's again, to me, it's real. I'm saying this over and over again, because I'm so excited that our churches are taking on that mantle, right? Because, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's how it's going to do it. And I really like to see our doctors take on that mantle too, because once our churches do it, if we, they have the support from the doctors, we're more likely to see healthier communities. Because we know how to do this, and it's not a—it's not a surprise. It's not any kind of mystery. I mean, Seventh-day Adventists. I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist, or, but you know, Seventh-day Adventists in the United States are a health African-American Seventh-day Adventists do not have the same rates of diabetes as as as, um, as African-Americans in the general population. So there's the Adventist One and Adventist Two study. So and you, you know Seventh Day Adventists uh, they have this belief system that it's, it's it's one of the tenets of their religion. I believe that eating meat is unhealthy. So they are a great group to study. So there are several studies on them where they look at what they're eating. And so within Seventh Day Adventists, they're um they're all different um are all different uh, social groups and they're all different socioeconomic stand- you know, statuses and they're you know they're different um different races ethnic groups. But it's just the religion. And so some of them are strict is strict, you know, plant-based, and the others, some of them are doing whatever they want. So they're a great group to study. And when you compare the African Americans who are eating a plant-based diet, African Americans day adventists who are eating a plant-based diet, they are, they are, they, there's no disparity. There's no higher rates of diabetes or heart disease or hypertension or any of the things we associate with African Americans in the general population having higher rates of disease right so you see that's clear so we actually know how to eliminate these health disparities but we're not doing it right but i think when we're not doing it as a as a group but i think when individuals begin to see this when people begin to realize i, I can i can reverse my diabetes and i won't need to spend all this money on medications and i won't have you know i won't have with diabetes i won't, I won't have the risk of becoming blind, I don't have all of these problems, then I'm going to do it. And that's what I see in my clinic. I see people who are willing to make those changes and the, um, again, not every, not everybody who comes does it, but those who do amazing results.
1: I totally agree, Dr. Rook. I encourage people to start paying attention to their surroundings as far as where they live and what restaurants and fast food is in that area. And also paying attention when you go into other communities. Like I know when I'm around more affluent communities, I don't see as many fast food places. I don't see churches in an affluent neighborhood. I don't see Popeyes in those neighborhoods. It's other kind of, quote-unquote, healthier places and restaurants for those people to go to. Even when I've lived in other areas where there haven't been as um, much healthy food options, I could even tell a difference when I went into the grocery store, just going into Walmart, that the fruit and vegetables weren't as fresh or as plenty in those areas.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And where they're located in the store, all of those things influence what you buy and where all the candy is and all of these things are there to influence. And in African-American neighborhoods, you see them. You you, you, you see the differences when you then when you go to more affluent, Whole Foods, and places like that, and they're healthier options in those in those um, in those stores. So, yeah, it, absolutely. And and I so, think that as we become more aware of these things, then, you know, when you do better, when you know better, you try to do better. So, yeah.
1: All right. So I wanted to get your opinion on the popular keto diet. The idea is for you to get more calories from protein and fat and less from carbohydrates. I know a lot of my patients have done this and a lot of my friends have done this as a quick weight loss measure with the keto diet. What's your opinion of the keto diet?
0: So it is a quick weight loss measure but it's a way to also quickly get kidney disease, heart disease, low um, increase your, your, your cholesterol levels. It's a quick way to get sick, right? Over time, very slow. Not, not it's, it's, uh, it's well, you know, it, it, again, it will give you weight loss. There's no question about that if you, but what they've looked at with the keto diet is that you're eating less. I mean, there's just so much fat you can eat, right? There's just so much bacon. There's a soul, this, the stuff that you, there's less, you're eating less but so you're going to lose weight but you should but as soon as you come off the keto diet as soon as you start um as soon as you start eating uh any type of uh fruits vegetables the things that your body is craving cuz that's where your body's getting nutrients from you gain the weight back because you have not mm-hmm. really learned to eat a healthy diet so i absolutely advise everybody to stop to to do not do the keto diet uh, unfortunately the keto diet, a lot of people who are promoting the keto diet are doing it with, um, with intermittent fasting. So I definitely support intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is, is, uh, is the way it's sort of mother nature sort of designed us to eat. So you, you, you eat, you eat breakfast, you shouldn't really be snacking all day, snacking all night. So intermittent fasting is a good, um, is a, is, is a good practice to avoid snacks, but you should not be doing it with the keto diet. You should be doing the whole food plant-based diet. The keto diet is the way to, to dialysis. <laughs> that's what I think, because the more protein and fat you eat, the more your, your kidneys, the, the heavier the load on your kidneys and the more likely you are to develop uh, renal failure. So that's what I see from my patients who go on. The, that's one of the sort of the most dramatic parts of, of seeing people who go on a keto diet is that you see a decrease in the glomerular filtration rate. So you should look at that when you're looking at your patients. So those who are going on, on, on keto diets, yeah, they're going to lose weight, but they you know but their kidney function will decrease, their cholesterol levels will increase. and the well, kidney functions will decrease. sorry, kidney functions decrease, cholesterol levels, they're more likely to get um, uh, higher hemoglobin A1Cs. So although it's, although it's being touted as uh, a as, as, um, as, uh, diet for diabetes, over time, you're killing the beta cells because with diabetes, we think of, we think a lot of insulin resistance, insulin resistance. But in fact, most people, a lot of people have insulin resistance and they don't have diabetes. With diabetes, we now know that when you have a, when you have pre-diabetes, you've lost about 30 to 40% of the beta cell mass. When you have, when you have full-blown diabetes, you have a diagnosis, you've lost about 50 to 60% of the beta cell mass. So what's killing the beta cells, right? And you know that most of your patients, you start on one medication, you go to two medications, and then next thing, within no time, you're, they're on insulin and they're on another dose of insulin and they're on insulin, and then they need metformin on top of the insulin because their beta cells are progressive dying, right? So how do you protect the beta cells? That should be the the, the 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 focus now of treatment for diabetes, protecting the beta cells because protecting beta cell loss. And you do that by feeding the antioxidants, fruits and vegetables, and decreasing the attack on the beta cells from reactive oxygen, you know, cholesterol oxidation products. That's actually my, my research. <laughs> so that's why <laughs> so I'm looking at uh, two groups, one with a uh, plant more of a plant-based, the ADA plant-based diet, ADA diet, but um, uh, plant-based and the other one completely plant-based with no cholesterol oxides, no oxysterols and to see um, what difference it has on the beta cell function. Beta cell function will improve when you, when, and so there's this, there's this notion that when you have diabetes, you shouldn't eat fruit, you shouldn't eat you know, you should eat more meat. And that is like the worst thing you can do for diabetes and telling people not to eat fruit decreases the amount of antioxidants that the beta cells are getting. So you have to, you have to, you have to protect your beta cells when you have diabetes, they don't continue to die and they actually regenerate and you can reverse the diabetes. So keto diets are a way to you know end up on dialysis end up you know on insulin end up on those although you may be skinny and losing weight you're not actually getting healthier
1: so thumbs down on the keto diet from dr rook thumbs down on that so if someone i'm sure someone listening you've kind of encouraged them on wanting to start a plant-based diet They don't want to be on any medications. They don't want to be a diabetic or they already have high blood pressure and they have diabetes, but they want to get off some of their medication. What advice would you give them in starting a plant-based diet?
0: Well, do it the way that you think is best for you. So there are two schools of thought about how to make changes. You either jump right in or you do it gradually. It depends on your personality, how you do it. But in general, the research shows that if you're going to make a change, just make it right. So this notion that you're going to um, you're going to do a little bit, do a little bit, because as you know, as the you know, as the sun rises, you're going to 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 mess up. Right. You're going to you're going to relapse. You're going to have a problem. So you're going to you can be the best person upon a set, but they're going to become a day when you go to a party and there's nothing else to eat and there's some, and there's a piece of fried chicken or whatever it is that you say you swore never have. So, and then you're right back to square one. if you, That's the only thing you gave up. So the regular, the, 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 the best way to start a diet, uh, the, to, to transition to a plant-based diet, is to actually try to do as much of it as you can in, in any given time. So I advise my patients to start, if, if they're, again, a lot of them have been trying to do it when they come, but if you are totally new to this, start with breakfast. And I always advise people to get fruit for breakfast because you're getting the antioxidants, you're getting glucose for your brain. So start with breakfast, start eating whole, whole on not juices, not all of these highly processed foods, start eating uh, fruit for breakfast. And then once you get breakfast under control and you realize that if you eat fruit, you know, you're not going to starve to death. And you know it's not. You've been all our lives. We've been <laughs> uh, we've been, uh, we've been uh, uh, Fruit Loops and cereals and all these things have been advertised to us. But if you start eating what Mother Nature gave you to eat, you start eating fruit for breakfast. You're likely to to realize how how delicious it is, and then to be and it's how filling and you're likely to sustain because it. it's easy to do, right? There's no cooking. There's no nothing. And then you start doing lunches. So, uh, you do, you do, um, I, I like the idea of the Buddha bowl. So you put in, uh, some grains or a grain bowl, or so you you're getting a variety of foods. And so it's filling and you get some salad in there, you get some grains, you get some mushrooms, uh, you get some, um, you know, whatever, whatever foods that you like, you put that into your Buddha bowl for lunch and, or a nice salad. And so you have that for lunches and then for dinners, you start getting more bean stews and and potatoes, if you like potatoes or rice, more, we have a, I have a little notebook, I have a little book, a little handbook with lovely pictures of what you should be eating. So more bean stews and then you can also have that for leftovers. The idea is to make it easy because people are not gonna go out and cooking all these foods and if you can eat some of your leftovers, uh, leftovers, bean stews for lunches, and then you could um, eat, it's, it's so make it as easy as you can because you're more likely to sustain it if it's easy to do so so it'll take you about if you started with breakfast and then lunches and then just it'll take you about a week or two to sort of jump in to be doing that at least one day a week and then you go to two days a week and then you go to three days a week but the goal is to be progressing pretty fast if you're going to do it that way then progress because the faster you get to doing the whole food plant-based diet most of the time, the, the better you will feel. And when you start to feel better, that is really what sustains you doing it. And then you will begin to realize that the day that you have that piece of chicken or whatever it is that you shouldn't have, it's not that you shouldn't have it, it's because you don't feel good after you have it, right? You see, you begin to see the difference when you have that piece of, when you have that, because now they're delicious non-dairy ice creams. There's, there's a lot of sugar in it, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of delicious, uh, I am not a big fan of a lot of substitutes, but meat substitutes and all the fake meat and the beyond meat and all those things, except for the rare occasion when you're out and that's all there is, then you have that, but it's better than eating the regular meat, but basically you want whole unprocessed foods as much as possible. So when you start, when you start doing a plant-based diet, you begin to feel lighter. <laughs> you begin to feel healthier. And that is really what sustains you because when you go back to eating on, on healthy diet, when you slip up, cause you know, as the day is long, you are going to slip up, just, just know that you're going to slip up. And if you do just get back up, that's one meal. And then you, the next meal, you're back to eating a healthy diet, right? And you just, you just, and don't beat yourself up. If you're not perfect, you're not going to be perfect, right? You're not, because it's life. But if, if, <laughs> if, uh, if 80% of your meals and most of the time, a hundred percent, but then you have a week where it's 80%, it's better than 0% or, or only like 10%. So if you're moving in that direction, that is what's important, right? So that is my advice to my patients is to just get started. Start with breakfast, lunches, dinners, and try to stay away from snacks as much as possible, especially if you're trying to lose weight. And if you snack, have a piece of fruit or something that is whole unprocessed, but for the most part, have your fruit for breakfast or just make make the fruit so that you're getting at least the number of servings that you're getting. Potassium fruit is if you have high blood pressure, Fruits are high or most fruits are high in potassium. Potassium lowers your blood pressure. So we hear about salt, salt, salt. So but uh, a teaspoon, the the equivalent of a teaspoon will raise the top number by three milligrams of mercury. The equivalent of potassium will decrease the top number by six milligrams of mercury. So it's far more important to eat fruits and vegetables and potassium containing foods than it is just to limit salt limiting salt is important now mind you I don't want you all to be pouring you know lots of salt and, but the most the place that you get most of the salt is actually processed meats right the bacon and the sausage and, and that's where you're getting the salt is the processed processed foods if you eliminate those things you're eliminating 75% of the salt in your diet and people think well I'm not eating any salt I'm not eating why am I no why Why do Why do I still have high blood pressure? If you're eating chicken, they they inject the chicken with salt. If you read the fine print on most chickens, you can actually go online to see plumping chickens. They actually inject salt water into chickens. So you say, "Well, I never put salt on my food." I don't. But if you're eating chicken, you're eating a ton of salt because you're eating because it's injected into the chicken to plump it up and to fatten it up and to you know to make it look nice in the supermarket. So. If you eliminate those foods, you're automatically eliminating a lot of uh, the the sodium. And once you start eating more fruits and vegetables, you're getting that higher potassium level, that's gonna lower your blood pressure. So eating a whole food plant-based diet is the healthiest thing you can do on every level, right? And again, the question about how do you start, just start any meal, you know, tonight instead of, you know, eat eat more salad, you know, eat more vegetables and then eat less chicken and gradually, gradually um, start start doing it. And again, we have a handbook, but you don't need my handbook. There is uh, um, there's uh, several websites, Forks Over Knives is an excellent one. I, I send my patients there, Forks Over Knives.
1: What's it called again?
0: Forks Over Knives, F-O-R-K-S, Forks Over Knives. I okay. think it meant like eating over, over surgery, eating over cutting. So, um, Forks Over Knives is one website. There are several, I mean, now, I mean, you know, again when I first started this, there were like two websites or three. Now you put in whole food plant-based and you get like, you know, hundreds of websites and, you know, and no oil. So you put that in and how many recipes you get. It's amazing now. I mean, I am just so impressed with, and the number of people who are doing this. And it's, to me, it's becoming a whole movement. And that is what I would like to see. And I'd like to see us, you know, African-Americans leading, you know, that movement so that we're getting healthier. because I'm so tired of hearing, you know, we have the most hypertension, we have the most diabetes. You know, I'm tired. <laughs> I want to see us, you know, African-Americans have the lowest, you know, just I want to, that's, that's, that's the progression I want to see. And the way to do it is by changing what we eat, right? So, um, and of course, managing stress and those things. but. the the focus has to be on what we're putting into our mouths. So yeah, Forks Over Knives is a great website. And um, that usually will lead, you. if if you just go in, Google whole food, plant-based diets, no oil, and you will be amazed by the number of websites that will come up. And then you can choose what you like, what you want to read, but make sure, you know, you're not going for all the supplements and all the things that you, don't really need the only supplement I recommend is B12. Now, if you have an iron deficiency, it's not a supplement, you're being treated. So, but most people don't develop iron deficiency. You don't develop the, again, the B12, I I advise my patients to do it as a precaution, because that is a possibility that you could have low B12 levels. So especially if you're, if you've got diabetes and you're taking metformin, metformin blocks B12 absorption, so you want to be sure you're taking a b12 supplement that's the only supplement that i recommend that people take religiously right if you're on a plant-based diet so aside from that you're going to get all of your nutrients you'll get all of your protein you get every single thing that you need and none of the toxic stuff that you don't need in a in a whole food plant-based diet
1: okay That sounds real good. I appreciate you, Dr. Rook, for sharing all great information on a plant-based diet. I always like to end my podcast interviews with something called Randy's Random Questions. So I'm going to ask you one random question. Are you ready?
0: (laughs) Well, hopefully I can answer it.
1: (laughs) Oh, I think you can answer. If you had to eat one plant-based diet for the rest of your life, what would that be? what meal, what would you put on the plate? One plate, you can put whatever you want, the contents. What would you do? You could only eat this for the rest of your life.
0: Wow. Well, that's easy. I would do like a, I would do like a Buddha bowl, right? So the plant-based meal I like is uh, the Buddha bowl. And again, you start with a nice, with greens. You start with greens and then you add some quinoa or rice and then you add so i like mushrooms mushrooms increase the the nutrient content of everything because when we do the the um nutrition content on the computer it boosts everything so i would do some sauteed mushrooms sauteed in in water not oil, oh, vegetable broth not oil and i would add um uh, oil-free salad dressing uh what, what did i leave i like the business i I've, I've recently found plantain bowls so i like plantains so you add some not fried plantains uh baked plantains onto the top of it and um so i what i say all all of you put basically you put in all of the food food groups into into your little bowl and then you cover it with a nice salad dressing or oil-free and that has been my you know my favorite lunches and Dinners, (laughs) and you know, and I eat that a lot. So I, I I tend to like, and then it's easy to prepare because if you do things in advance, if you boil a pot of, uh, if you boil a pot of rice or a pot of quinoa or a pot, a pot of grains, so then you have every day you just take a, you know, half a teaspoon, half a cup out, and you get it. So you have it's already pre-prepared. If you have your salads, uh, you have salad greens washed already. You just take a handful of that in there. If you have, um, if you have things pre-prepared. You just add that, you know, add to it, and you're good to go. It's an easy, it's an easy meal, but it does take a little bit of advanced preparation. But once, once, so if you do that once a week, then you know for the rest of the week you're just adding, you know, healthy food to your, to your vet, to your, um, you know, to your little bowl. So that's what I also like to. But you asked me just one meal, so yeah, I would just do a, a Buddha bowl. I like the Buddha bowl. Concept was, right, the Buddha bowl. I like soup too, but but the but the, the um the idea of doing that the one meal would be that that Buddha bowl of uh, of of different you know of different um, foods that I would that's um, that's what I would do. I hope I, I hope that was a I hope that was not like a cheat answer. Was that a, the answer to the question was that? Like, yes, one so you food. answered that it great. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so you did.
1: You did well. So we'll light you off the hot seat. Thanks for a- answering Randy's random question. I appreciate all the good information that you gave on this podcast, and hopefully, we can have you on in the future to mo- to talk more about the research that you've done um, currently and in the past, and just the benefits of the plant based diet.
0: Oh yes, I mean, I'll be happy to come back and talk about my research. So when, as soon as my 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 study is finished, I'll be. You know, begging people to come and talk. (laughs) So, yes, that would be great. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This was, yeah, this was was great. Thanks.
1: Plants are the new wave if you're trying to live a healthier lifestyle. I've personally been cutting back on my consumption of meats and trying to add more greens to my diet. When I see patients at my clinic that look exceptional for their age, I always ask them, what's the secret? There is one guy who always tell me, I drink a lot of water a lot of water you swear he's a dolphin or a guppy fish the way he tells me he drinks a lot of water but he's about 75 and he looks like he's about 55 so i have to listen to pretty much everything that he says when he tells me the secret and a lot of my other patients they've been telling me that they've cut back on the meats and incorporated more plants into their diet some don't go cold turkey with the meats but incorporate more seafood and eat leaner meats So if you're wanting to decrease the chances of you becoming on medications in the future and living an independent and functional life when you get older, cut back on the meats and incorporate more plants into your diet. Thank you, Dr. Rook, for being on this episode and sharing some great information. If you're interested in doing more plant-based meals, look up some of the companies she talked about i have recently started eating more plant-based meals and i started eating from a company called the tattoo chef they are not a sponsor it was something that my nutritionist told me about and i've eaten a couple of their meals and they're, they're pretty good you can order them online and i found them at kroger and i think they're at publix as well notice i said kroger not kroger's with an s it's only one kroger be sure to rate like and share this with others Seriously, if you really like this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you share it on your social media pages or share it with a friend. Just give your boy some love. I'm still waiting for someone to send me a screenshot of a review of the podcast for a free shirt or book. Who doesn't like free stuff? I'm giving you free stuff for just writing a review. So if you write that review, send me a screenshot and shoot it to my DM on Instagram at underscore Dr. Randy. But I will see you all next week. And as always, stay healthy physically and mentally.